0: this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and also a channel and an energy worker. And uh I do lots of stuff and uh kind of a I'm kind of a busy guy. I'm teaching a lot of astrology right now, uh, evolutionary astrology basics and also uh doing a lot with programmed crystals, energetically programmed stones to help you change things in your life and and on my site there's a bunch of stuff to check out for healing tools and advancing consciousness. What I want to do today, uh, well, let me just say that um, it's been almost seven months since the U.S. presidential election, um, and right at right before and what and after it happened, I did some karmic profile stuff on Donald Trump to just say, Hey, look, this is this is how this guy's wired, and this is kind of what he's about, and this is the kind of stuff we should expect from him. And by the way, the world is not going to shit. So now today is June first, 2017, and today is the day that Trump announces that the U.S. will withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord. And you know, then you have uh, you know people people being upset about this. Um, anybody who knows anything about anything, knowing it's a mistake, uh, mayors and governors around the U.S. a number. I was reading a thing today and it said like 61 mayors and have like signed this 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 agreement that we are going to uphold those expectations for ourselves like we will take the leadership you know since obviously okay and then you have all the scientists saying why would you do this anyway every, so anyway I want to do a kind of karmic profile kind of a additional adding to what I did in November of 2016 which you can find here for free on SoundCloud uh, and you can even download them. By the way, I never say this in any of these MP3s that I, I've done here, but you can download. I make sure it's that option is selected. So you can listen online. You can also download it, just so you know. So I want to kind of talk about his chart in that way. Some of this will be a repeat from what I talked about around the election and even several years ago when I did Karmic profile of him because he was making so much noise, and I wanted people to understand you know, the walking self-esteem problem that he is. It's kind of what we're going to focus on today. Because why, why would he do that? Why would we want to, you know, everyone's asking why. You know, journalists and pundits and people are asking themselves and each other and themselves again and then each other again, you know, and then all of us are wondering why. They're asking each other why, you know, what they're trying to analyze it, analyze this decision, as if, it, as if there is a logic, as if there is some kind of strategy, because they're accustomed to somebody in the, being in the office of the President of the United States who is thinking. I'm not, I'm not being a smart aleck when I say that and just putting him down for not thinking. What I'm going to talk about today is why. So, I've also, that's like note one, I've done some. I've talked about his chart in different places, I want you to go hear those profiles, especially The World Is Not Going to Shit, and also Backbone Reality Check. Because I said in there, he, all these promises, what, is he going to get done like 15% of them? He, he won't even try most of them, because it takes courage to make change, and he has no backbone. And that's the one where I make the joke about, what's the difference between Trump and Hitler? Uh, Trump has no backbone. You know, not applauding Hitler, but just saying that like he actually believed in what he did and what he said. Trump is just like, okay, we'll talk about this today again a little more. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, the other note is that since the election, with all these um, you know, his, his aides, his lackeys, his surrogates, I wanted to do a series on SoundCloud here of, of lackeys. I, I may eventually do it, but I, it's, you know, to put energy toward Explaining why, you know, liars lie. <laughs> explaining why jerks do jerky things, mostly about why liars lie. Like I was just reading about Sean Spicer, the White House press secretary, uh, yesterday, and I—I I mean, I've I, this has been with with uh, Steve Bannon and uh, that probably Nazi guy, whatever, fond fuckface that whatever that dude is who's got the Oh my God, his his energy comes through on the radio, his voice, and it's just seething with like contempt. And I anyway, uh, Kellyanne Conway, um, Michael Flynn, like all these people, right? That I thought about doing these karmic profiles of, and um, I ended up not doing them because I don't want to give energy toward this, but I do want to give energy to you, if what I see has the potential to. Um, help you understand what's happening and why. So, you, I would like to give energy toward you. <laughs> You're worth it. Your peace of mind, you know, your uh, ability to retain faith in the human <laughs> human spirit, you know, the, to know that, anyway, so that that's kind of why I broke down and did this, but I almost said the one on Sean Spicer last night. I will mention briefly, Sun Conjunct, Pluto, and Virgo, so he necessarily, and it's at the very end of Virgo, I think one's at 28, one's at 29, I could be mistaken, but it's, you know, he's got a lifelong relationship with truth issues. And then he's got Scorpio Moon, and we don't have a birth time for him, but the Scorpio Moon at noon is at 14, so it is definitely square the nodes. It's in Scorpio, definitely. Uh, And then it's also definitely square the nodal axis. South node in Leo, and then Moon in Scorpio. So, So anyway, he's got a lifelong relationship with the power of truth, and can I get away with lying? This is not to impugn him, he has a soul just like you and me, but he's anyway, he's got this lifelong Pluto thing. By the way, Lance Armstrong, Sun, Pluto, and Virgo together again, but 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 this is what I was thinking about. I was I'll, okay, I'll just I was almost gonna do a profile of Lance Armstrong, Sean Spicer, and Louis C.K. Each of them has Sun conjunct Pluto and Virgo. Look at their relationships with truth. Anyway, I was gonna do it because because Louis C.K. tells the truth. People laugh, people cry, people are shocked. He's telling the truth. He is like a walking opportunity for, you know, exposure exposing the the, the depths of the human psyche and thereby the opportunity to cathart. <laughs> to have catharsis, to cathard. Um Lance Armstrong tells this whole story, I'm not doping, I'm not doping. It comes out he's doping and then he's gotta apologize for it. You know, and then there's this whole this thing about shame about lying, right? Now Sean Spicer, just to contrast, obviously I'm doing it in this anyway, I'm giving you the overview because I don't think I'll ever really want to give, you know, even twenty minutes of this topic because these fucking people who lie I'm just ah just, just kinda over it. Um I choose to put my energy toward telling the anyway, so uh Sean Spicer obviously is negatively affected by what he says. So his relationship with truth, it's a karmic deal. Moon and Scorpio square the nodes, Sun conjunct Pluto, it's a karmic deal. Um, Lance Armstrong later reveals, right, and then says I have shame, right? Louis C.K. has worked through the reality that we're all embarrassed by our baser urges, our jealousies, our criticisms and judgments and hatreds. And he's turned it into a career of making money as a comedian, but also, you know, without talking to you, he without sitting down with you, without knowing you, he in my view, he's giving you the opportunity to go to therapy in a fun way. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's talk about let's talk about this other guy. So why, why would he do this? Who would want to pull out of the Paris Climate Accord? What, you know? What is the point? What I want to offer you, which is building on an extension of what I was talking about last fall in those other MP3s, you know, the angle of saying Trump has no backbone. There's a different way to look at it that's, that that's better. I did, in at least one of those several MP3s, emphasize pretty strongly that Trump's south node ruler is conjunct Chiron in the house of self-esteem. So when I say Chiron, if you're familiar with astrology stuff, and if you're listening to this, you probably are, oh, wounding and healing. Right, that's what comes up in your head. If you're familiar with my work on Chiron that I've channeled from some awesome ascended master (laughs) who's in my head 24-7, Jehudi, spelled D-J-E-H-U-T-Y, also known as... Thoth, Toth, St. Germain, Hermes, Merlin. He's the he's the Mercury figure in all cultures, in all mythologies. That's who you're talking about when they talk about the messenger, the scribe, the teacher, the mediator, the translator. Hermes. Okay, so um, if you are familiar with my work on Chiron, including the, the book that I have it on Chiron, um, you know that I look at Chiron as the energy antenna where we are hypersensitive because of wounding when we're babies it's a whole story but because of wounding when we're kids but really babies and then kids um, because that's what happens we become children after we're babies but um, because of that wounding we carry self-esteem problems especially in the second house we carry an expectation a fear that we might be worth rejecting in other words not worth loving So all these people are saying, why would he want to do this? What is he thinking? What is the logic? Every single thing in his perception is filtered through a negative self-image. Okay, that was a short podcast. Thanks for joining me. Even with all that rambling, rambling, it was only 11 minutes long. No, I'm not done yet. I'm just kidding. Um you can hear the song now um, signaling it's over so, so that is fundamentally the most important thing to realize about everything he says everything he initiates everything he responds to a horrible horrible negative self image so people have joked about how he behaves like a child and um, th- this is true he he behaves like a child because the inner kid, this part of him that never felt loved because of his tyrannical jackass father. By the way, um, I mean it's part of the conspiracy of love between souls. They're they're in cahoots, so that you know, so Trump has that kind of father, but there's that conditioning. You know, um, what he needs. Is unconditional love he perceives it's supposed to come from somebody else but it won't it keeps not coming from anybody else because he has to become the source of love for himself so here we have the president of the United States who is a walking example of what happens When you think, and I mentioned this in those earlier podcasts in November, but I still want you to listen to them. What you think it means when you have money. What you think it means to have power. What you think power is and what it means when you have it. He feels valid because he's made money. He thinks he's worth attention, and people being interested in him because he has made money. So his self-esteem, you know, is this example for the rest of us, as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) to stop believing that any external can make you feel good about who you are. In those other podcasts, I talked about Pluto on the 12th. I talked about you know Pluto and Leo on the 12th. I talked about Moon on the south node in the 4th house in Sagittarius. And I talked about Sun Uranus and Gemini on the 10th house north node. I've gone into those in detail. But the answer to why would he do this, like obviously fucking over the planet, alienating allies, throwing wrenches into the works, not listening to, he can't listen to anyone's expertise because he is so acutely aware that he has none because of his horrible self-image. I I just want, you know, I'm going to bring in this this deal here from the other side of my work, the kind of channeling consciousness, meditation, energy work, the part of my work. Which is which is a huge part of what I do and I try as often as possible as I am in this moment to tie it in with astrology and I even sometimes teach people how to understand um, imbalances blocks problems and dumbassery regarding their chakras in terms of their charts because I'm always looking to bridge you know to, to help you understand how to see consciousness and 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 imbalances and blocks and flows when you look at birth charts in your third chakra, which is the solar plexus, chakras are energy centers, if you don't know that. And there are seven major ones. Those are the ones I focus on. The root, the first, is located right around your anus, and it is a foundation for your whole life. And then the second, above that, you know, around the genitals affecting the kidneys and that kind of lower part. Um, that is give and take relationships. The third chakra, the solar plexus, which is above the, above the belly button, It's the belly, uh, below the bottom of the ribcage. That is the solar plexus. It is about personal power. So if you judge yourself, if you shame yourself because of choices, if you feel guilty over what you've done or haven't done, if you have shame, if you regret, if you doubt yourself, That, those frequencies, those threads, those artifacts that are giving off this vibration of shame, guilt, etc., whatever, those are in your third chakra, powering, as if a battery, the rest of your life. So, we're complex. Humans are complex. And we have different parts of us, different sides of us. And every time I do a reading, I do what I can to validate you know, whether it's a soundbite or a live reading, to, to validate for the person, well, okay, you got this deal going on, but, you know, you also got this going on. These two parts of you are, may get along, they may not get along. There's You know, integration is important, blah, 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 blah. Like today, I did a reading for a, a young woman. Saturn and Aquarius on the Aquarius midheaven. Smack on the Aquarius midheaven. Yet, uh, sun, moon, mercury, and Pisces in the 10th house, in Saturn's house. So it's like, you know, they're different qualities the Saturn in Aquarius is like this has got to happen this way but you know it's filtered through the Sun and also moon and Mercury inner planets in Pisces in Saturn's house so there's like a you know we gotta we have to um talk about the layers and talk about it can validate acknowledge different parts okay so in your third chakra there may be confidence as well as a lack of confidence this idea of the battery what part do you plug in what part do you feed Your self-image powers the rest of your life. I often ask people to decide, uh, as an empowering affirmation, I'm willing to give myself permission to be a work in progress, learning as I go. Which invites you to let yourself off the hook for past choices that seem to be mistakes, or that caused trouble, or lost money, or, or alienated people, or made you feel bad about yourself, or whatever. It's giving you permission to view yourself as a work-in-progress learning by making choices as you go, just as your soul sees you, because that's how your soul sees you. You're here as a soul to become the source of love for yourself through making choices and dealing with the consequences, dealing with your perceptions, your judgments, to eventually make choices less and less Out of fear, guilt, shame, self self doubt, whatever, and more from compassion, acceptance, giving the benefit of the doubt. So, President Trump. I actually yesterday had this moment where I heard that in a podcast, and I was like, "What?" (laughs) You know, I've been listening to actually quite a lot of podcasts and reading online newsy articles. You know, for a long time now. When I was doing the Soul's Journey podcast several years ago, I started to listen to more politics stuff and get into more stuff and try to explain stuff like this on the on the the, the radio show or the podcast. Um, it was a weekly thing I did from 2012 to 2015, so almost three years of um, you know almost weekly shows. Anyway, the archives, by the way, of all 140 episodes. Are on SoundCloud here for free. Again, you can download them if you want, or you can listen online. I provided that as a free resource to get all those teachings out there. But anyway, and so some of the things about politics are dated. Like one of the very first shows I did was a current profile of because it was October of 2012. I did a profile of Obama and who, whomever he he was running against. <clears throat> Just I, I can't even remember. It's been five years. Uh, but anyway, um. Yeah, it's a long time. So you can you can hear all that stuff and search through SoundCloud for Tom Jacobs and then like whatever, or you can just kind of scroll through the episodes. But uh, the point is, um, I became more interested in trying to explain these things so you can understand like the bigger picture. Uh, but now I'm really interested in what's going on in the world because I see the themes of things being acted out. And as I said, Trump is an example for the collective not just in the US but the global collective of what happens when you believe you're valid if you have money and stuff we know he exaggerates all that you know business and that's why he's not releasing his tax returns i mean there may be like collusion with russia and all kinds of stuff i mean there he is making money from russia and he's saying no but his kids have said yes in the last several years several times um at least twice that I've heard of unless I've heard about the same thing twice but anyway um they're definitely having that going on and he's denying that but he does exaggerate he exaggerates because of his low self-esteem because he thinks you know you know okay so he talks about having billions well what if he only has 400 million to you and me You know, why would he be embarrassed about that? But to him, it's a problem because it's not more than 400 million. He talks about billions. Well, what if he had only 1.1 billion? To you and me, right? For him, it's never enough because he's trying to cover up the fact that there is a hole inside him takes me back to my college existentialism class wherein we read portions you only read portions of two books Being and Time by Heidegger and Being and Nothingness by Sartre or Sartre some people say and uh, Sartre, I'll just say Sartre because it's easier uh... Acknowledges that every human feels a sense of emptiness, and this is, you know, the basis for. I've talked about this recently. I've written about it. Um, if you've heard me talk lately about Albert Albert Camus, that's where this is going. Kind of like how, and I talk about how Camus differs from the rest of them. The rest of the existential is kind of like the thought blossoms, right? These people are doing all these things that end up being kind of depressing and saddening and nihilism-inducing and, you know, I mean, if life is so meaningless, why am I even here? Should I kill myself? No, I like being smart and putting other people down because they don't see the tragedy of being alive. (laughs) Anyway, Camus changes that. But um, by challenging you to create a sense of meaningfulness, because you can't ever really fill the hole. So Sartre says, you are a hole. Everything you do, in fact, the very structure of your body imitate like reflects that you by your very nature are devoid of meaning. He talks about the alimentary canal. Like, you know, here is my mouth, down to my anus, there's this empty space. And I'm constantly putting things in it, constantly finding out <laughs> that I cannot have a sense of satedness. Satisfaction, right? That I can feel not empty. (laughs) I think about this all the time the last, like, I don't know, it's almost 25 years. (laughs) Because I watch people smoke cigarettes. I watch myself eat. I watch people drink. I even, I went to this uh, place today and I was watching this guy drink water. (laughs) Specifically because... When I got to this, I had like a limited amount of time because Schnubs McGrubbs or my girlfriend Jillian and I were going to acupuncture and I was inspired on the way back to the gym. I was craving Govinda's, which is this, this, the restaurant at the Hare Krishna temple here in Tucson. They have like a, a vegetarian thing and today's vegan day. And I was like, I didn't know that before I got there, but I was like, I just really wanted the high vibrating food. I've been craving Neptune energy and like. I need to go back to visit Portland, Oregon. I was crying about it the other day, just like a magic because anyway, Neptune place for me. Anyway, so I was I was in line outside for when it opened and there were I mean maybe a I don't know, maybe not a bunch of people, but there were enough people, right? And I was like maybe six in line and there were maybe like 12 or 15 people waiting to get in. So some of the people seemed very eager and their eagerness kind of came off as pushiness, but they didn't feel aggressive. They were just okay. Uh, and I didn't like it, so I held back and just gave him some space, waited five minutes, and then I paid for my lunch and then I got online. And the guy behind me in line, I apparently didn't wait long enough, was um, he wasn't pushy, but he was ungrounded and the energy I just, that I was thinking about was this jackrabbit energy. He was just like alert and active and right and I felt nudged and pushed by him, like he was impatient. I would move like four inches to the left and I'd do my thing, whatever. The salad dressing and the little whatever. And I'd put... It, and he would like do whatever he's doing super quick and then rush his his tray over and then wait for me. I perceived that he was being impatient. So after a couple times of this, when I'm like halfway through this little short buffet thing, and if you saw this, you'd laugh because it's two little tray things. It's two little... um buffet stand things. There's like a cold case, and then there's a hot case. And there's like, you know, like eight buckets or whatever in the hot thing, and then like a bunch of little ones for salad stuff and salad dressings or whatever, and the cold one. So anyway, it's not a lot of space. And so I felt like, okay, he's really eager. He can't wait. I said to him when I was about halfway through, I said, you know, I'm happy to let you go. Oh, no, I didn't say it that way. I said, you know, maybe maybe you should go ahead of me, and I was totally chill, I was like, maybe you should go ahead of me, it seems like you might be in a hurry, I did not say I feel rushed, but anyway, he, um he said, and he stopped, and he was like, he's like, oh no, I, you know, take your time, I, I have, I have time, I'm not worried, I mean, no worries, thank you anyway though, so his demeanor was like, totally chill, but then I looked down, and his tray was almost right up against my tray, like there was no, so anyway, later, and I just kind of, Realized his energy was affecting me, and it was my responsibility to get grounded and not let it affect me. But, you know, whatever. People affect you. You're human. You're an energetic being. So when I was sitting and eating my delicious vegan food, I happened to be able to see him where he was sitting. That's a long intro, but the deal is he ate, he organized his tray, and then he took a little sip of water. Yeah, this is all about the whole Okay, he took a little sip of water, and then he forced another sip. This was at the end, and his, his, his tray with his bowls were all empty. And he took another sip, and he took another one, and then he took another one. And it was like he was like not aware that he was forcing down his gullet these sips of water. So maybe the guy is not very grounded, maybe he's not in his body, because his body was obviously saying, I could see it across the room. His body was saying, just sit here and rest. And if you think about it, when you're going to take a glass of water and your throat doesn't feel open, your body's talking to you. I've done this. I'm sure you have too. But anyway, so I was just thinking about the whole thing and thinking about him forcing the water down because his brain was like, well, I have to drink this water. I have to drink this water. I have to. And he didn't just take a sip. <gasps> and then swallow the sip. It was like forcing these little teeny sips because he was trying to force it. The point is, the guy's a walking hole. <laughs> the guy's a walking um, sense of internal vacancy. So his brain is taken over. First I shove the vegan food in, then I shove the water in, then I get up and leave. And he got up and left pretty quickly without like experiencing, without resting. And I, I'm probably sounding a little judgmental. It's fine. I'm, I'm a judgmental insert word here so the sense of emptiness Oh what's really nice about Govinda's the Hare Christian temple by the way uh, you can sit inside or outside I said inside today just cuz was kind of low on time and it, though it was a beautiful day in Tucson but the cool thing is there's never anybody outside the door or on the patio smoking a cigarette <laughs> so after several years of not going to govinda's I'm going to go back there now more often because I love that and the vibration of the food is great. A friend friend of mine and I, after a movie maybe a week or ten days ago, he said, oh, you want to have dinner? And I was like, yeah, I've been to Govindas in a long time. So we went and it was awesome. I felt great. So I went back today. And then there was a whole story about the guy in the hole. But anyway, I just told you that. So the sense of emptiness will drive you to do things to try to fill it. It's inevitable. And it's persistent that the feeling of emptiness occurs, even just on the level of um, today is Thursday and I ate. As you can hear, I'm having a little belch. Uh, today is Thursday and I ate, and then eventually today I will go to bed. I will wake up tomorrow. I will be hungry again. So even physiologically, right, it never ends. Um, One cigarette will sate you, but then eventually you'll want another, right, taking that smoke in. One um, Twizzler or almond, right, and then you'll want another. So there's a sense of, you know, the, the, the need to fill the hole is voracious. Now, if you're hanging out with me, you might be aware of... This thing I talk about with Albert Camus, the sense of you have to create the sense of meaningfulness for yourself. You can choose to do something that creates meaning. You have a sense of purposefulness. That sense of emptiness recedes. Well, it'll come back tomorrow, just like your hunger. And that's part of the point. You have to keep doing things, keep choosing to direct your energy in ways that create something meaningful in the world for yourself. And very often, being of service to people in some way, helping people creatively figuring out new solutions to old problems so that people are helped. This is part of the human nature. We all want to help each other. So, so it's not like you have to be of service, but what you do can be of service, and it creates a sense of meaningfulness. So back to, back to uh, Trump. He doesn't know this, because most people don't. <laughs> so most people are working to relate to externals as if you know money status power connections as if that will fill the void within that will fill the hole trump is a walking hole i just i just want to say that over and over again he's a walking sense of vacancy he's a walking sense of internal absence he's there but nobody else is there no one's home but the little kid who was Donald Trump in the seventy year old's body. No one's home but him. It's funny he did a cameo in one of the Home Alone movies thirty years ago. I think that's funny. Um <laughs> I've seen that clip recently in somebody in some uh late night comedy, whatever they were talking, you know. Um somebody was talking about something and played that clip. But anyway, he's a sense of um meaninglessness he's a walking sense of meaninglessness in order to stave off nihilism he has decided to attach himself to these external to attach his sense of validity to these external measures of success that people assume uh... bestow validity when I do Pluto teaching, I always talk about uh, how humans, for as long as there have been humans, blah, 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 blah you know, as long as there have been humans, we have tied our sense of power and confidence to externals. If I have a certain amount of money, if I have, um, if I feel strong, if I am healthy, I may perceive I have the right to be confident. So we tie these things to externals. Well, if you lose that money, if you get sick, if you have an injury. You know, look at look at Christopher Reeve. Let's let's just do that for a second. Pudo and Lee in the first empowerment journey rests upon owning power, but then of course figuring out what power really is. So he is, um, you know, a, a creative type. He's uh, applauded. He's lauded. He's a sex symbol he's strong, he's like, bulbously muscular, he's, you know, he's an athlete, right? And then he has this accident, and he becomes paralyzed, and his, the physical prowess, and therefore physical attractiveness, and the ability to, in in essence, take care of himself, but also steer the ship of his life, I mean, you know, literally take care of himself, but also steer the ship of his life, put on the first people need independence. Uh, that accident that leads to the loss of physical I don't know, I want to say it this way, but physical validity physical independence, I guess is what I should say uh, that fits with his soul's journey of learning what power is so he decides to become an agent of change for various causes I think he did some medical research stuff and I don't remember what else but it wasn't about him he was being of service, he was doing something that impacted he was speaking out, he was doing Putu and Liu in the first in a new way that he maybe wasn't inspired to do because he had those externals that most people believe make you valid. Before his accident, I'm sure people, I'm sure there, you know, there were there were there were women who who said this is kind of weird. There were women who said, um... "Oh, he is so attractive," you know, or or people who are attracted to men who said, "Oh, he is just gorgeous. He's just so attractive," right? And then there were people who are attracted to women who are like, oh my God, I wish I were attractive. as You know what, I just try to update that thing like, um, m- m- men wanted to be him and women wanted to be with him. You know, whatever, like <laughs> updating it for 2017. Um, but he found a way to express power after this thing stopped. This, the way he may have felt confident before. So, oh my God, how did I get there? Oh, so we so we tie our sense of confidence to externals. Now now Trump is skating on thin ice because eventually he's got to release his tax. I mean something will happen. He will have to do it. This Russia bit is gonna I believe is gonna lead there. I don't think that I don't think that he's gonna be able to get away with as this investigation proceeds, especially with former FBI director Robert Mueller being. a point a special prosecutor. I don't believe he, Trump is going to be able to get away with skirting that. He's going to try. He's going to do everything he can. But I think that when those details come out, and I think a, not just the Russia connection, but actually what he actually makes versus what he says he makes, his possessions, you know, his assets versus what he, you know, touts as his assets. Um, he's he knows he's in a difficult position, and now this other stuff going on, just about every decision he makes being a problem, he's on thin ice and he doesn't understand why. Because he has bought into the prevailing paradigm that you're valid and therefore, in another speaking of another thing that he's really into uh, regarding being president, he believes you get respect if you're president. That if you make loud, firm decisions, then you are respectable and this does relate to sun on the 10th house north node he has no idea what leadership is because he has these prejudices right based in his low self esteem south node ruler you right he south node ruler in uh, the second house self esteem right jupiter is the ruler of sagittarius that's the south node sign so jupiter in libra retrograde conjunct chiron is who he shows up to be in many lives So he is trying desperately to prove he's valid. Look at the swagger from the campaign trail. And then look at the fake voice he uses now when he's giving official speeches that are scripted. He's doing everything he has seen other people do to prove that they're valid. But see, those people... And a bunch of different people, but those people are coming from—not all of them, I'll say it this way—are coming from, you know, an absolute lack of self-like. You can criticize different politicians and presidents and leaders and whatever prime ministers of various you can you can do that you can lawmakers in various countries monarchs whatever you can criticize them for their positions or their personalities or their choices or whatever but he's a rare case in that he shows up as a whole a dearth of meaningfulness he and he's been shoving money into the hole shoving the idea of money into his Sense of absence within himself, and the little kid is inside is like, <laughs> but I have all this money, and then being elected, but, but wait, that would get me respect, right? That's what happens. Presidents get respect. Yeah, some people don't like you. You know, like I didn't like Obama. Some people didn't like either of the Bushes. People didn't like Clinton. Whatever, but it's part of the terrain, right? Isn't it doesn't isn't that what's supposed to happen? The supposed to happen reflects the the karmic prejudice and cluelessness of his north node and sun. His the center of his identity. This is another way to get at this. I mean, yes, the sun is trying the Jupiter and Chiron by extension, right? But the point is uh, I mean, so they're having a conversation, but his, you know, this Karmic prejudice is, you know, the north node for any of us. We have these ideas what it should look like, but we typically don't want to be it because we're trained to live in the south node. And we checkpoint would be like, I don't want to be like that kind of person. Well, he decided he did want to be like that kind of person somebody who's in charge, somebody who gets respect, somebody who makes statements, somebody who's critical, somebody who is changeable and sh- and, and uh, shifting, somebody who, who um, shakes things up, right? He thinks of himself as like a, a chaos maker or whatever, that sun Uranus on the north node in the 10th. So he thinks he knows what leadership is, but he's a walking hole with no capacity for leadership because he doesn't like himself. Everything is filtered through his third chakra battery, which says, I feel small. That's one of the reasons why the small hands thing bothers him so much. He thinks... He deserves respect because he got elected, right? And then there's a the whole thing about his lies about um, if the millions of votes cast by illegal immigrants were not counted, I would have won the the popular vote, right? He won a plurality, which ended up being the electoral college uh, key, right? He got the electoral college, uh, and even he lies about those numbers too, but uh, or about that number, but. But So he's always compensating. He's always trying to tell a story to prove that he's valid, to, to, to shine a light, like project an image of validity. Regarding the Paris Climate Accord, now to get a little more specific, yes, he has karma, he has beliefs from many lives that say if you make a decisive action, then you're strong. You're okay. if you position yourself uh, counter any norm then you're interesting therefore you're valid you're worth listening to because right? remember this little kid in him is really clear being focused on this fear obsessive about the fear that he's not worth listening to because he's not worth loving because he's not likable Um, but why, so get more specific about, like, those are some of the broad things about this, this karmic prejudice for this stuff on the North Node. But more specifically about this, this Climate Accord, he hasn't listened to anyone. Because what anybody says wouldn't be grounded, wouldn't start with and weave into and support the story he needs to tell about himself. He, so he needs to make strong decisions so he can prove he's worth being paid attention to. You know, if every person on the planet advised him not to do this, he wouldn't listen. Because he perceives he can't afford to listen to anyone because he has to broadcast he has to push out he has to project 24/7 this image that he can make the right decisions i think of this this thing about mars that steve forrest whose apprenticeship program i've been part of for since 2004 I've learned quite a lot from steve and one of the things he talks about, and I, I can't remember where, if it was in a book or in a, 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 a live workshop, an intensive thing, but um, he talks about Mars, and of course, Mars figures prominently for Trump, being just above the horizon in the twelfth. That's kind of dominating the chart in certain ways. That defensiveness and the, that, that Mars, you know, there's an inherent. I'm totally paraphrasing. So if you heard this from Steve or if Steve is listening to this, like I'm paraphrasing, but this idea of like Mars is a sword. And I don't know if Steve got it from somewhere else either. So who knows? Maybe somebody else needs credit. But (laughs) Mars, because Steve learned from people too. uh, Mars is a sword. And you can have it hanging on your belt in case you need it. Like knowing how to use it but not swinging it around everywhere all the time, right? There's a sense of maturity, groundedness, clarity about Mars where you can act if you need to, when you need to, you have a tool. But Trump come, comes at everything from a defensive posture, and so he's wildly swinging the sword around at everything that moves. And when someone proves loyalty... You know, no matter what he lies about, no matter what he doesn't do that he said he'll do, no matter what gaffe, what embarrassment, you know, like he just said on this international trip, uh, when he left Saudi Arabia and went to Israel, he said, "Oh yeah, now that we're, you know, I just left the Middle East from Saudi Arabia, and now I'm here in Israel." But he doesn't even know, right? Um, or he has Alzheimer's at the beginning of dementia. That's another topic. But, um, you know, no matter what embarrassing thing, no matter what wrong thing, no matter what destructive lie, if somebody proves loyalty, he'll be like, oh, okay, come on, get behind me. I still got to swing this sword because everyone's out to get us, which means everyone's out to get me. Now you're with me if you're loyal. So he's in Washington, D.C., working with people who have thought about things (laughs) you you might not like certain politicians and lawmakers but a lot of them are educated and not dumbasses a lot of them have an interest in public service which he does not that's the other thing i want to get into today about this how could he pull us out of the you know pull out of the climate accord He's not interested in public service. He is not a public servant. I said this in one way earlier, but in a very important way, every single thing about his approach to this job he has, he doesn't see it as an office, which implies, you know, being a public servant. He doesn't even see it that way. I guess in my mind, if you say I'm holding an office, you know, I was elected, right? There's a thing about He doesn't see it that way, because it is part of his um, ravenous demon, right? I'm not an expert on this Buddhist concept of the hungry demon, but this ravenous demon within him, which is a little kid who is freaking the fuck out because no one loves him, no one will make him valid, no one respects him, no one will make him feel safe, no one cares about what he needs, no one nurtures him. Well, he doesn't nurture anyone else. I, mean, I think to some degree with his kids certain times because he sees them as less than him because they're younger, they're from him. Um, but he doesn't treat anyone with kindness. He couldn't treat anyone with kindness if they don't prove loyalty and then they get behind him and he's still swinging the sword. So he's desperately reaching out at anything that will give him the opportunity to assert that he has the right to live to be here to be accepted remember south node ruler jupiter indicating his role in many lives how he keeps showing up south node ruler jupiter is in libra i'm really concerned with how you see me in the second house My self-esteem is affected by how you see me. Conjunct Chiron. I carry a wound. And I believe if you don't like me, then I'm shit. Then I have to somehow assert that I'm not shit. Because I can't accept how much I hate myself. And he does. That's not too strong of a term. He hates himself. Because he perceives... No one loves him the way he needs. It's not too strong. Like if you were talking to me in a client reading, I might not say to you in a session, I might not say to you, look, (laughs) you have this part of you that you just hate. You hate yourself. I would never say anything like that because I'm trying to help you, right? But with him, it's not too strong a statement and I'm not getting through to him. I don't think he's listening to my podcasts. (laughs) I don't even ever say something like, like I just did with Steve. Oh, Donald Trump, if you're listening, this is what I want to say to you. Like it never, you know, it's, it's, it's never even, you know, anyway. Um, so he's a walking hole, as we all are. Your job, now that you have his example, is to evaluate what you're going to do in your own life to create a sense of meaningfulness for yourself that builds self-esteem through building self-respect. He has no self-respect. He's a paranoid germaphobe who doesn't trust anybody unless they prove loyalty by receiving abuse. Think about that. So, you know, just take your time. Here, I'll just pause. Please, think about it. (laughs) it's worth thinking about but I'm gonna keep talking because <laughs> that this is my therapy after listening to all this news and people being like oh it's uh, terribly confusing why he would you know it's not confusing if you view him as desperate to prove validity so okay so all this money right And like I said like if, if he had 1.1 billion but he said it was 10 billion and you and I'd be like who cares? Just, it's a billion dollars. <laughs> like, who cares? Uh, and if he, if he said, I have a billion and he had like 200 million, you know, so his self-esteem thing is kind of driving that distortion. Um, it's never enough. As I said earlier, it's never enough because he doesn't feel safe. So then he's like, I could be president. And then he gets elected And uh, it's still not enough, because it doesn't fill the hole. Just like that cigarette, and that ice cream, and that um, I don't know, that sandwich. I don't know whatever whatever it is you're trying to fill the hole with. Um, it's not enough. So then he's like, "Well, I have to make this these decisions." Then he makes a decision. And then some people go, you're awesome. Some people say, you're a turd. And he takes it so personally, and then he lashes out, and then he's like, whatever, fake news, media's the enemy of the people, all, all this stuff, right? This whole, like, distraction stuff. And then he's changing shit behind the scenes that, uh, that destroy people's lives. You know, but, 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 but then it's not enough. And then he's like, so the point with the climate accord is he had to pull the U.S. out of it. Because if he didn't, he's not asserting his need to attempt validity the u.s. is pulling out he is pulling the u.s. out of the climate accord which is a voluntary agreement it's not a treaty which is like required to be ratified you know by the congress he's pulling the u.s. out this is the point of this whole mp3 now it's like over fifty minutes <laughs> but i want to really explain things in detail plus the whole thing about the dude forcing the <laughs> sipping water at Govinda's the Hare christian temple restaurant uh... <laughs> which I really enjoyed telling you, um, the U.S. is out of the Paris Accord because Donald Trump doesn't like himself, because he has a self-esteem lack, because Sartre was right. We're all holes. Each of us is a whole, devoid of meaning, trying to shove something in. In, his ca- in Trump's case, the image of money the metaphor of money, right? The image of political office, and then the reality of political office, and then this decision and that decision. And it's like this, he is going to flail. And every decision he makes, I just want you to look at this. Everything he's done in the last, whatever, 120 days he's been in office so far. And I want you to look at, ish, 122 or whatever, 21. But look at every decision he's made and every decision he will make. Until he either crashes and burns, or crashes into a wall of impeachment, or resigns, or dies. But every decision he makes until there's a radical shift or death. Um, Every single decision is filtered. It begins with his lack of self-esteem, and his negative opinion of himself, because nobody loves him in the right way. Which results in the paranoia and defensiveness and whatever, and throwing the sword around constantly. Um, you know, just flailing around, and then everything happens in that world within his within his emptiness. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself because it's like it's very kind of melodramatic, you know, as if I'm like an emo poet or something. But every decision is begins with that place and is filtered through his paranoia because every reaction he gets from other people, if it's not loyalty in the face of abuse, denigration. Unfair criticism, lashing out. Denigration is the big word that comes to me. Anything that's not that, he will come out swinging with this this sword because he doesn't know how to use it because he's terrified. So again, we're out of the Paris Climate Accord because Donald Trump doesn't feel safe. That decision existed. That was made by somebody else. So he has to undo it so he has an, again, attempt to feel valid by being a tough kid, by being a big boy. Now, we're going to hear over the next few days and weeks, and probably longer, much, if you're paying attention to media, and I and I am to some degree, uh, more analysis on the details of what he said. I just saw, I was reading Huff, Huffington Post earlier tonight, um, before I came down here, well, I was listening to a podcast about this. I was also reading some headlines, and and this HuffPost article was like a you know nine things that are not true in Donald Trump's speech announcing, you know the the end of the, the Paris Climate Accord, and they just detail the thing. His thing was his quote was in bold, and then they had this paragraph or paragraphs on you know the truth, and just reading through those things, it's just very obvious he's he's manu he's always manufacturing a reason. To be a big deal by making a choice and banning something, criticizing something, stopping something, starting something, undoing something, so he is not, you know, the American president for American people. We, as a collective, the plurality that invi- that that uh you know voted him in. What was it, forty-six percent or something of the of the people who voted in November? Ish, I can't remember. Um, I think it was forty-six percent. Um have given him the opportunity to show us when you don't care about other people because you're preoccupied with how you don't like yourself. What happens? <laughs> to you know give us the opportunity to see when you're making decisions based in paranoia and fear and judgment and assuming the worst about people, this is what it looks like. And all of that comes from this sense of emptiness that defines his inner world. Hence the late night tweets. Hence the middle of the night stuff. Calling calling people and asking people, you know, he can't relax. I mean, I, I've thought about this over the last few weeks. I'm like, I wonder what he has to do to go to sleep. I, I'm not assuming he takes a pill or something. He doesn't... Um, present the energy of pill addled or even drugged. He doesn't present that at all. Well, unlike Kellyanne Conway, if I did a a lackey profile for her, the title would be pill addled sycophant, (laughs) lackey colon, pill addled sycophant, Kellyanne Conway. I almost forgot her first name. Kellyanne Conway. Uh, She presents the image of, like, you know, fucking drugs. She is scary. Like, in far as you know and she has got she has had like Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer just internalizes attention. He's sun Pluto person. She's not. But anyway, um <laughs> so um that's how he makes all his decisions. So, you are hereby officially invited by Tom Jacobs uh from the web, the guy from the web, um to view all his decisions and all his statements through this lens. So you can stop stress, uh, you know, on one level, stop stressing about why. And realize that just about everybody else, if not everybody else, who has held the office of the U.S. president, presidency, you know, has not come from this insecure place every minute of every day. Like, like George W. Bush knew, like, had a cognizance. Like, you might think he's not smart, and he got picked on a lot for whatever, he had a cognizance. He had sentience, the the level of self awareness, to know that he's basically just fulfilling his like his like a like like the the dharma his family projected upon him. Like he basically knew he had to do this job. He had to do this thing, and it was part of his family's deal. It was part of his deal with America. His karma with America, whatever, and his family does too. This whole like Dennis. Dynasty kind of crap. Dynasty? Dynasty? I almost said sinistry. Dynasty versus sinistry. Anyway, um, he knew that he was not right for that job and he was basically just fulfilling a, the, the promise of his dynastic family. He knew he wasn't qualified, right? So you can say what you want about him. He seems like a dream to a lot of people. People talk about this over for months, uh, like the good old days, you know. But Trump isn't aware. Because he is fueled only by that that insecurity. So I hope this challenges you or invites you, stimulates you, to learn more about Chiron, as the um, not the wounded healer, not the wounded, not the wounded healer, but as the energy antenna that has you triggered when you're very very young. That can result in adult insecurity. And to understand, and also, second level, to understand that Chiron conjunct the node ruler describes that this issue is a multi life problem. What to do when people laugh at me? Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention this earlier, but it kind of was kind of in a groove. This idea of like, oh, well, I did all this money stuff, and I'm like shoving this notion of money down my hole, it doesn't work. Oh, I'll be a politician. I finally saw the clip, I don't know, it was 10, 15 minutes long, of, at, a, at I think it was in 2011 or 2012 or 2013, I can't remember, um, the clip from, of Obama roasting, president at the time, roasting Trump, who's in the audience at the press corps, uh, the press corps dinner, is that what it's called? Pre- press Association Dinner, Press Corps Associates Dinner. Something like that. And uh, somebody had said, in an article and then link to this video uh... It, arguably that experience that sense of humiliation is arguably what made trump decide after years of mentioning it off and on to run for president and you watch this video and, you you, you you know, they they cut to, to, to Trump, like, you know, from like 30 feet away or something. You can't really see. You can see his energy freeze. Obama is spot on and taking full... Obama is taking full advantage of the roast idea to make, make fun of him. And it is cutting. It cuts. It is like, oh my God. I, and, and you can see Trump... I believe it's almost as if you can see Trump changing in that moment. And that sense of humiliation is waiting for him, for his soul, in all these incarnations across the earth timeline. Because what do I do? Southland Ruler Conjunct Chiron in Libra and the Second says, what do I do when people laugh at me? So it's irrelevant if the person is accurate. Very Chironic people sometimes can't take teasing, even if it's true, because it stings. Um, Sometimes I think about that in terms of like Chiron-Mars aspects, or Chiron in Aries, or Chiron in the first, being super sensitive to aggression. Um, But it's kind of a Chiron thing more generally. Uh, Chiron is an outsider. Chiron is... Uh, rejected at birth. That's the whole basis for the Chiron wounding I want you to work with, and so I I lay that out in Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age, the key in how to use it, which is the the book that I have on Chiron, the transcript of the audio course I recorded uh, years ago. Um, That's the first wound. Most astrologers are focusing on the second wound, which is when he's inadvertently poisoned by this uh, arrow during a battle. All the details differ. Oh, it was his foot, it was his thigh, it was his right thigh. it was not. All the de- details vary, but the point is that's a second wound. And get the Chiron book to get this full story. But Chiron is rejected at birth. His like conception story, i'll just I'll just tell you briefly. His conception story is, um, I mean, as long as we're here, as long as you're hanging out, you have five more minutes? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, his mom, his mom to be is a wood nymph i think wood nymph she's running around just enjoying her day Kronos, whom we know as saturn sees her from afar and is like i got to hit that uh, in his own vernacular i don't know how he says it but he wants her and um, he she takes the form of a horse to run away he takes the form of a, of a horse to catch to catch up with her he essentially raves her he takes her I'm sure some stories might say it's seduced, but whatever. He he fucks her. He rapes her, and she did not want it. Then she's pregnant, and months later the baby's born. He's born half horse, half human, or half humanoid. She did not expect this. She says, "Get this monster away from me." He's taken. She can't deal. She can't deal. It's you know we know. Uh, a kid. these phrases are kind of weird sometimes I don't like to um, perpetuate stereotypes and victim stuff a child born of rape is the phrase can be a reminder for the mother of the rape right doesn't mean she doesn't love the baby but some who have been raped might not feel open to loving the kid because of the product of rape here we have this whole thing with Boko Haram too yeah, this is going to be a long mp3. Just strap yourself in, I should have said early. Uh, I knew I wanted to do a longer one, but okay. Uh, where women are coming back, this was going to be a Lilith in the News blog post. Um, but anyway, it might not. I just Every day, I don't know if you've noticed this, I've done three of these so far over the last maybe 10 or 20 days. Every day, there are multiple headlines, news stories, interviews about Lilith energy. Whether it's oh, the woman was supposed to be Eve, pliable and controllable, but she turned out to be Lilith, has an opinion, (laughs) Uh, made decisions for herself, whatever. Anyway, this whole thing about Boko Haram women, the schoolgirls abducted and then forced into being wives or brainwashed and convinced to do it, brainwashed and or convinced. So some of them became willing, but many of them did not and they certainly didn't want to be abducted at 14 years old or 13 or 15 or whatever from this school. Um, and then they had these kids, and then a number of them were released. I think I just recently heard 80 some of these young women were released, many having children, bringing back children to where they came from their villages or their cities. And they, or wherever their towns or whatever they lived. And these kids are not looked upon with fondness, and some of these women have. You know, this constant memory of this rape. I mean, it happens in every war and revolution and whatever, everywhere, all over the globe, all over the timeline. But anyway, the point is, um, with co- I can't believe I'm able to come back to the point. That's why the MP3s are not always long. But for some reason, it's working today. Um, she said, Philyria, uh, Philyria, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but but um, starts with a PH if you want to look her up. She says, get this monster away from me. He is raised by Apollo and Diana. So he's taught all this hunting and martial arts stuff and healing arts from Apollo and all this stuff. Um, but he does not have the love of his mother. And for each of us, and he's a fringy person. He doesn't fit with the other centaurs, who are half horse, half humanish, because because... Um, He's not genetically related to them, and they're rough and tumble. They're roughhousers. They like wrestle. You know, they'll go to a party and get drunk, and somebody dies. Uh, carousing, right? He, I, th- I feel like there may be one other centaur who's not cre- who's not like wild like that, but I can't remember anyway. Um, but he doesn't fit with humans because he's kind of a half breed. He's a mix. So he's not fully accepted in either community, so he kind of goes off to the edge of town, or beyond the edge of town, beyond the pale, and he just makes up a cool life for himself, and people seek him out for his expertise because he becomes masterful at all these different healing techniques and martial arts and learning stuff. Herbology, chiropractic, like all these different things he, he masters. Um, so he creates a sense of purposefulness for himself, but yeah, he didn't have the, the love of a mother, and he doesn't have a community. So the sense of being alone. You know, I don't I you know, we as Chiron people can become the source of love for ourselves by validating this inner kid who craves attention and seeks meaning. But Donald Trump is a seventy year old example of somebody who never did that. Many, many examples of people never doing that. Where you meet somebody and you're like, How is this person? in thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, or 70, including being the president of the USA. How does this person get away with this, being a, being a petty child? Um, and, and, and his success has to do with other people believing in the lie that externals create validity. He makes all these promises. He's going against most of them. And he makes all these promises, and this whole stuff with the healthcare stuff in the U.S., you know, he hasn't yet alienated what is called his base, the people who voted for him, because they're willing to have faith that his tough talk means power. And they feel disempowered. They feel powerless about their future, their, their economic life, their validity, their survival. So he's swinging this sword around and insulting people and maligning people's character and calling people names and having crowds chant lock her up and all this crap, right? They're looking for someone strong because they don't feel because they feel weak. And they don't get that his inner kid is grasping at straws for all possible tools and attitudes and choices and ways of being that would project strength, that would seem to confer strength, because he doesn't understand what strength really is. Again, check out Backbone Reality Check. He does not, that mp3 from months ago, he doesn't have a foundation on which to build anything meaningful in himself because he feels Uh, basically a desperation and a panic because he's empty. That said, (laughs) transiting Jupiter will station in about a week in early June, 2017. Today's June 1st again. Or again, I'm saying today's June 1st, uh, 2017. Uh, But it is June 1st again. It happened last year. Uh, transiting Jupiter is, will station within a degree and a half, it's under a degree and a half, from that natal Chiron, meaning he's in the middle of, his, of a Jupiter return. Jupiter in transit, please disavow yourself of the notion that Jupiter transits are wonderful. What they do is, they stimulate the crap you're carrying, so you can see what to let go of, and embrace something wonderful. So, he is having Transiting Jupiter, the Great Exacerbator, the Great Button Pusher, the Great... Let's palpate this stupid thing so you can see that it limits you. Er... <laughs> um, that is on the South Node Ruler, which is Conjunct Chiron in the House of Self-Esteem. So, the whole... So, a couple things. First, the whole is getting deeper. The sense of, of being empty is getting bigger. The self-doubt that has followed him his whole life for multiple lives is getting stronger and louder. What I'm getting at is he has been and will, become, will continue to become more desperate to have a win. I haven't even talked about that whole attitude. But this whole thing about feeling like you're nothing and nobody, of course you're going to talk about winning and losing. I mean, that's, all, that's part of the thing about the Paris Climate Accord. Why pull out of it? America's losing. You know, he's got this whole thing about that. Well, you know, and then that, that's what, you know, in this detail I mentioned, like that article that had like nine lies, right? Discrepancies from reality and truth. Um, from what he said in that speech anybody who has studied any part of it anybody who is grounded in reality in 3d will say that's not true but he is desperate to prove not that america is wronged this is the vehicle for him to stand up and own this victim thing he's not really saying he doesn't mean to say that America is getting the short end of the stick. You know, he's not really saying that. He's using the vehicle of the presidency as what I can only figure, because it is the highest office in the land, and it seems like an extension of his whole deal about how money must mean he's valid. He's using the office of the presidency to extend his effort, his, frankly, unbelievable uh, stamina to grasp at straws to try to feel like he matters so make America great again is his attempt to feel valid it's not about America as you can see from all the things he's not doing that he promised all the things he's not following through on not initiating all the things he lies but he doesn't care about America because he feels he believes he cannot generate love and care about people and do something useful for people because he doesn't understand where it comes from because the little kid inside in the seventy year old body is freaking out all the time so Jupiter exacerbating this means it gets louder the pain gets louder the emptiness the echo Think about him patting around in his slippers in the White House in the middle of the night. The echo of the the surrounding environs that prove loneliness because nobody else is there. Including his wife won't even move in with him. Um, That's louder. And it's more piercing. Jupiter, and when Jupiter stations, it is grating. It is pressure. It feels like sandpaper. You cannot get away from what it is pushing the button of, what it is exacerbating. Now, Jupiter transits ideally, as I said, show you what's out of order, show you what's imbalanced, so you can ch- make a better choice. Jupiter says by transit, so I also take this from Steve uh, Forrest, uh, in what way have you been underestimating yourself? Well, here we have this guy at the apex of the the process of proving that money doesn't make you feel good about yourself. That elected office that being able to make decisions and hire and fire people doesn't really make you feel good about yourself. So my invitation to you, A, revisit your third chakra. Get grounded for second chakras, right? But also revisit your third chakra and what self-image is in there. I do believe, you know, that's the first thing. Second thing is realize, you know, think about what you can do to make you like yourself more, to upgrade your self-image, and to, you know, participate in the world in a way that acknowledges that other people exist. Because he can't. He's showing us what it's like when you feel you're all alone and then you create yourself to be all alone. And then you're suffering in this nihilism, this solipsism, where the only thing to keep you out of, which, where well, you think you're the only person who exists, which keeps you out of nihilism, the only thing that keeps you out of hopelessness and despair and meaninglessness is grasping at straws and just forcing stuff. I think i forcing the water. Trump is forcing these decisions. It may, This Paris, Cl- Paris Climate Accord retraction or whatever, removal, makes sense to nobody. But including him, there's no logic behind it. He just has to assert he has the right to make a decision. It goes against Obama, who roasted him and humiliated him. That's where we're going with all of this stuff. Thin-skinned, takes things personally, feels slighted, can't let go of a slight—all that stuff. It's humiliation, and I believe that the turning point in his life—you know, born in nineteen—you know, nineteen forties in the U.S. as this particular guy—I think the turning point for that soul's expression is that roast in that moment and I felt like I was watching history when I watched that footage from 6 or 7 years 6 years ago of Obama roasting Trump go look it up and watch it it's I feel like it's history like it, you know watching history happen which we don't often you know really see something momentous caught on film where people didn't you know people wouldn't have expected it like the, the, the level to which he took it personally Everybody knows he has thin skin, but this was this was singular. And uh, we, we are giving him the opportunity to lash out. So everything Obama did, he's he has to change, shame, denigrate. He has to poison it. Because he was personally humiliated. Okay, next note. <laughs> about transits. Over the last few years, Pluto, transiting Pluto and Capricorn has squared the Chiron, Jupiter and Libra in the second. So you know, being roasted <laughs> Pluto and Capricorn in the fifth, being publicly humiliated by a comedian who was a politician, Pluto. You know, several years ago, you know that that Pluto would have been an orb of squaring the Chiron in 2011, um, just starting up an orb of that, and now it's of course it's past it. Pluto's going to retrograde back to like I don't know 17, 18, whatever, maybe 16, but um, and it's going to be squaring the Jupiter more precisely. But there's this thing about that humiliation being unearthed, really being triggered in a powerful way, and. um... I think from the soul's perspective, from Trump's soul's perspective, it was really important for that soul's understanding of human experience, which is what all souls are doing here as humans, to choose to run for that office, whether he won or lost. Just like Clinton. Just like Hillary Clinton. Clinton, sorry. When people have names that end with T O N I or S O N I, whatever, Clinton, Washington, Jefferson, I just do it naturally. But anyway. Because um, why is it spelled that way? If it's... Anyway, um, the same for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> um, it was really important for her Pluto, Saturn, Mars, and Leo square the nodes, square the Scorpio South node from the 10th, that she run for office, and she attempt to go for the highest office in the land. Same with him. Really important for him to muster the courage, now to do it, and to gather the support. And to, you know, come up with a narrative for his validity as a candidate. As we're seeing, it's, you know, based on lies and, and falsehoods, you know, and like 10% truths, you know, uh, and just outright paranoia and paranoic, uh, or paranoid delusions and fantasies. But it was really important for his soul to watch him feeling so humiliated. What do I do? and reach out to try to address it. Now, from our human lens, we're like, well, it's destructive and unhealthy and it's mean, it's cruel, it's petty, it's whatever. But from the soul's perspective, him running for president was very important. Do, you know, and I said I said this in November about the election just completed, so I must have done this like the world is not going to shit. There must have been the, the which I did I think the day after the election. Um, that that uh, national vote for presidency was essentially a referendum on for for the people who voted for him. Does my fear, does my pain, does my doubt about the future, does my need for safety, do my feelings matter? And I said in a smart ass way in that mp three, well <laughs> yes, it matters. You can vote for this, you know, guy. Um but in the same way you know, what do you do when you're hurt? Do your feelings matter? So now everything about the presidency, just to reframe what I've said, some of the things I've said, everything about how he approaches and functions within the presidency is about that. It comes from this place of fear. Do my feelings matter? Do my needs matter? Does the fact that I don't feel safe matter? He talks about the, you know, the economics, uh, and he's talking about the Paris Climate Accord, he's talking about the economic, you know, what he calls the economic reality and what it would cost the U.S. and, and how jobs and coal and blah, blah, blah. It had nothing to do with coal. But anyway, um, he talks about all that, and what's really happening is he's looking for some, ex, he's roped, he, he believes, cause that since he was elected, he deserves our respect, that's one thing. But he also believes that we are all in this together, But it's his, but it's his fear that's driving it. So, if he had a coal miner in front of him saying, "You know what, Mr. President, I'm really concerned about the environment, and I just think that we're you know coal is the past, and you know, instead teach me this to, to, to create solar power." Trump wouldn't be able to hear that because it doesn't fit the narrative that fuel the, uh, the you know the self lack of self-worth that fuels his third chakra power, which is um, you know. I'm a victim. If somebody said, can you teach me how to empower myself, he wouldn't be able to hear it. So he creates everybody as victims. He creates the U.S. as a victim. The last podcast, the last interview I heard from PRI's The World, uh, which I listen to on a regular basis, Um, What were people talking about the details and why would he choose this blah, blah blah and they were talking about one particular detail and I it kind of escapes me but I kinda had to I was sitting in the sauna. I was sitting in the infrared sauna my girlfriend built in the bathroom. It's a DIY thing. It's very cool and very simple. And uh I was kind of at the time, you know, but I was like, ah oh, I gotta stop it now instead of three minutes from now because I need to go turn on the recorder and talk my ass off about this stuff. But um the detail of like it's just Not true that America is victimized by this, got the short end of the stick, because every country went in with its own idea of what it's going to hold itself accountable to. It's not legislated, set in stone, you must do this. No, no, the US delegation, Obama, Obama and the team, you know, they said this is what the US will do, as did every other country, and it's relative. So Trump's looking at it now and saying this country's better off than we are, but the U.S. chose that. And the way this person was talking about it was to give a chance for other countries who have not been as prosperous and successful over the long term to get there. Which is a way of saying the U.S., you know, Obama chose to approach this in a way that connects us to the rest of the world as a leader. But because Trump doesn't have any leadership because he doesn't have any self respect, because he doesn't view other people as important, because he is a walking dearth of love, walking emptiness. So, is an hour and a half enough today? Uh, just take a breath. I'm not used to doing all this. I'm not used to doing these long MP3s like this. Sometimes I want to. But I kind of get myself to 30, 40, 50 minutes. But yeah, so that's what's going on. Um, And again, I just looked at a couple things in his chart, but I think it's just super important to recognize this interpretation of Chiron and how important it is when it's conjunct the Southland ruler. We all have insecurities. We all wonder if, you know, if I do this, will I be accepted? If I, if I do this at home, will I be loved? If I tell someone this, will that person still want to be around me? You know, if I'm honest about who I am and what I think about myself, will anybody like me? We all have Chiron. We all have a part of us that may expect rejection and feel deeply hurt and wounded by rejection. But it is upon each of us to take responsibility for parenting the inner infant. I often say to people, and I and I did it to this young woman today. I mentioned because uh, her chiron was kind of loud. Uh, I you know I, I'm not anyway. It was it was loud, so I had to tell the story. But I do mention often to people doing chiron readings. Um, you know, make a list of what you wish, now, now what you wish your parents had been for you or done for you when you were a kid. And it can be general or specific, and it can be one thing, or it can be a bunch of things. And obviously, if it's specific, it's going to be a bunch of things. You didn't come to my recital, you never, whatever. You know, some Sometimes specific things need to get noted. Sometimes it's broad. I wish you would have listened to me or been there for me or seen that I was hurting and acknowledged my feelings. Whatever it is. Um, you. I guess an hour and a half is not enough. We're going to keep doing this. <laughs> Obviously. Um, I, I think maybe I'm talking so that I can feel valid. I don't know. I'll look at it later. Uh, I'll come back to this and do my self-analysis. Um, you make a list. And you commit to doing those things for yourself now. And you let your parents off the hook for apparently or in quotes not having loved you in the right way. Sometimes parents of young kids after they read the Chiron book or get the course or hear me talk about it in forums like this will call me and say, "How can I not mess up my kid? How can I how can I prevent that kid from feeling rejected?" And I say to the person, to the people, you, you can't because that person is a portion of divine consciousness just as powerful as you, and every human in the archetypal field within the psyche is wired to create this perception of difference, vulnerability, and potentially being rejected, being potentially rejectable or not worthy of love. Every human has this archetypal thread within consciousness, including unconsciousness. So, but each of us can take responsibility for it and let others off the hook for not loving us in the ways that we need. We needed that we need now. It's, it's really an amazing, profound um, Situation that arises, dynamic that arises, when I tell an otherwise fully functional adult his or her Chiron story. And when I'm speaking it, I'm talking about the symbolism and what the symbol says, and I give examples of what it could look like. Uh, Like imagine a baby, you know, and I describe some baby behavior that fits a symbolism of Chiron in his or her chart that kid, that baby, comes to the surface and often a tear comes into the person's eye. There is an unmet need and there is a grieving to be done that someone didn't love you. And then there is that that acknowledgement and the grieving. And then there is the work of becoming the source of love for yourself of validating yourself in the ways others haven't, of loving, appreciating, celebrating, nurturing, feeding, comforting yourself in the ways that others have not. When people are around age 50, they have the Chiron return, which is transiting Chiron, infusing a Chironic boost of Chironic energy into their natal Chiron. <laughs> that's the technical way of explaining it. Uh it's when the when the planetoid, when the Centaur Chiron completes one orbit. That's a return if you don't know that term. Uh completes one orbit around your chart. So if your Chiron is at, you know, 28 32 Pisces, then you're about 50 years old now. Uh as of June 2017, but when Chiron returns to that minute you're having a return and arguably there's a surrounding you know year year and a half maybe more of activation your sensitivity is augmented your need to deal with the childhood wounding the sense of rejectedness the energetic sensitivity is augmented is loud the wound is exacerbated right so when i work with people around that age they find themselves often they report finding themselves unable to avoid a crazy amount of energetic and emotional sensitivity, vulnerability, taking things personally, the need to be alone, the need to not hang out with that friend or contact that family member because there's just an edgy energy, blah, blah, blah. They can't escape that vulnerability. But when I'm talking to somebody of any age, you know, if there's something unprocessed about it, I can bring it, you know, you know, not saying like oh i can make them cry but like i i can i have the ability to to bring it up so that anyway the tear comes in the eye sometimes that vulnerability is there so look so in the other invitation here i've invited you several times to use trump as an example of different things look at every human as possessing that sense of emptiness and that perception that maybe they're not lovable and look at yourself in that way as well. In what way might you feel not worthy of love? What about you might you feel, look, I don't know you. Well, I know a lot of you, but <laughs> I'm not going to assume I know what your story is. But, you know, what might be in the way of that self-acceptance and validation? What, when does your sense of rejectability or not worthy of being, love, being loved get triggered? and i want you to see trump as an example of somebody who is desperately searching for external validation and realize that like be grateful to his soul for this example of grasping at straws in this way because in certain ways you might want to do it till you can't anymore till you have your karma return till something cracks open in your life that just rips open your heart and you're sitting there you know cataclysmically sad and feeling worthless and hopeless and small you know, till you can't avoid it, you will look at yourself as somebody who possesses all the tools necessary to end that doubt that you're worth loving being listened to comforted healed you are the only person who can fill that sense of emptiness that i've described trump is a walking version of you are the only person because your soul has you here to become the source of love for yourself And that automatically involves, because you are involved in the conspiracy of love with other souls, it automatically means that others will withhold the validation, love, acceptance, support, and comfort that you truly need to stop feeling empty. This is why the Chiron wounding in infancy is unavoidable. This is why it's part of the human psyche, because the soul, which is divine love and is never wounded, you can't heal the soul because the soul can't be wounded. And this is how I'm differing from, a lot of, uh, from every other evolutionary astrologer, except the ones I'm training. <laughs> because um, you can't harm the soul, so you can't, you know, it's divine love already, it's divine consciousness, it is goddess and God already. It's outside time watching you experience pain and suffering, happiness, joy, celebration. Will you validate yourself? Your soul requires that you become, that you learn over the course of many lives how to become the source of love for yourself. So others are roped in to not give it to you, including, especially, including your parents. So when you're born... Something, uh, minutes, hours, days, weeks later. Sometimes up to 18 months. When I intuitively tune into people and I go back to the original event, sometimes it shows up as, you know, up to 18 months. But it's very often several weeks old, if not minutes or hours old. The sense of rejectedness. And, um... It's it's a guaranteed because your soul needs you to have that experience of feeling that you're not lovable, so you become the source of love for yourself. Sorry, I just got distracted by something, so I need to wrap this up. Thank you for playing with me. Uh, thank you for your time and energy. This is again, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and uh, I look forward to helping you along your path if I can. And uh, yeah, uh, that's it. Okay, bye.